Everybody, Coach John Daly here back again. Today's date is June 16, 2020. It is a Tuesday. This will probably be coming out in a few days uh, after, after we record this. But I am so blessed and happy to bring back for part two. I didn't tick them off enough. They wanted to come back. Uh, and you know what? I'm so glad they did. But uh, Coach Dave and his wife, Ashley Ruckert, are in the house again for part two of their discussion. Part one was fantastic. We uh, put that out just a few days ago. And as I was just sharing with them, um, it's got over 80 downloads already, a whole bunch of different cities, probably five or six different countries um, already. And just amazing to see their, their message uh, about the journey of their, of their daughter uh, and what the lessons that they've had um, thrust upon them. Some welcome, some unwelcome, but they're all learning left and right anyway. So this is an awesome couple, you guys. I just thank you so much for coming back and, and joining us for part two of hopefully a few more. But uh, how you guys doing today and uh, what's been going on? We're doing good and thanks for having us back. Just we're keep on keeping on. <laughs> Every day is a new day. There you go. New chapter, yep. right? Yeah, absolutely. Got, I see you got your cup of coffee. Uh, I got mine too. Mid-afternoon, the two o'clock, uh, you know, Sandman arrives and kind of get yourself a little pep in the step to make it through the rest of the day. I like that. That was a great suggestion that you sent me this morning. I said, okay, yep. I'm going to, I'll time that perfectly for, usually That's I do have a, a cup here in the afternoon. So I, yep. I thank that. Um, so I know things are busy for you guys. Uh, Coach Dave, you are back uh, coaching, right? You got some workouts happening, some conditioning, and just kind of getting the, the layout of your new team. How's that been going for you? Good, good. So uh, yesterday, uh, well, June 8th was the day that the state allowed workouts with the high school student athletes. Okay. And then our district was just making sure they were following protocol and everything. So then uh, we were delayed a week, which is fine. They just want safety first for the kiddos. Yep. And yesterday was our first day. We had over 100 student athletes uh, for the strength and conditioning part. Say that and again. That, that, I got to get that in my good ear here. What? How, how many? <laughs> we had about 100 student oh athletes. Oh, my God. Uh, they're um, working out uh, at 8 a.m. in the morning. Oh, fired up. The 10. Oh, it was, it was, I mean, it's 90 degrees outside. These kids uh, got their, they have their masks. They have their waters, uh, you know, working social distancing with the coaches as well. We're taking th temperatures. There's, they're filling out every single day. They have to fill out a questionnaire on Google Forms. So we have it documented yep. um, in, case, in case anything does happen. I mean, yeah, sure. th things happen. And then you, you have to make sure you have the right process and protocol. But uh, yesterday we had, um, so we had an hour of basketball practice, which we had 14 girls. We had 14 girls that participated in that yesterday. Good. And then today, I think we we're close to 130 athletes today. Wow. And then uh, we had 13 basketball kids. But volleyball did their workouts today too. So they took a couple of our kids for, from uh, basketball. We got to share our athletes and make sure all, all sports are successful. There you go. Man, I love that. Great numbers, great excitement. Uh, you know, probably a lot of excitement based upon what they've been through and, and they're ready to chomp in at the bit, ready to get back at it. Uh, Ashley, with your job, you know, you, you said you're working a couple of days from home and going in a couple of days here and there. Are the safety protocols crazy like that there too at work or are they, what are, what are they like for you going back into your office? Yeah, definitely. We're, you know, no big groups, no meetings. So trying to do everything as distance as possible. We've actually don't even have everybody back at work yet. We're staggering it and doing it in phases. 
to just go slow, but still obviously following all the guidelines, you know, wearing our PPE safety is like always number one. We, I work in a company that makes elevators, they manufacture elevators and service them. Okay. So obviously, you know, we have a lot of hospital contracts. I'm not in the field, like our field employees, but, um, you know, so safety in general is just important when they're working on big elevators and, um, it's just a key part of the company already. And it's now even more so than it was before. So. Wow. I bet. Well, good. I'm glad things are kind of going a good direction for you guys as they are here for everybody um, slowly, but surely. But um, so take us back a little bit, wherever you guys wanted to pick up your story. Uh, Was it back uh, early January, beginning of January, you guys left off that you wanted to start uh, sharing some more lessons and and insights about uh, this journey you've been on with your daughter? Yeah, yeah, John. Uh, we can continue on uh, kind of uh, that January first uh, roller coaster of the the 24 hours. Uh, one thing we wanted to kind of uh, jump back a little bit on um, after speaking and stuff. Uh, so my my wife Ashley and my mom they they took Jolie in in the early afternoon of December 31st at like two o'clock ish somewhere mm-hmm. around that. Then uh, came back uh, from the uh, urgent center and then. We, we went back in at like somewhere around eight o'clock after dinner. Um, my wife and myself, uh, we went back in because we just, she, she just, it didn't, things didn't feel right. So we went into the hospital this time, the emergency center, and we're there for four or five hours. And then uh, eventually they, they uh, the medical professionals, uh, they uh, discharged us um, early morning around 1231 AM. And I, I think the, the biggest thing there, um, what, what we wanted to just uh, let the listeners know is medical f- professionals are going to do their jobs. They're going to do their jobs. They're going to do their tests. Um, and they only know the side of the story that they know that we can give them. Um, parents ourselves know our kids the best. Mm. We know our uh, kids the best. And we know deep down inside if, if something is just not right, if th- something's different or off and, um, I, I was kind of in a daze and I was a little tired and whatnot. And I was kind of along for the ride support and stuff at that time. And Ashley just had this weird inkling and, and just this feeling that something was not right with Jolie and it, that whole day, that whole night, she still wasn't my mom. Like we said, she former nurse and she's raised uh, six kids and she's also, uh, you know, was a caregiver for my dad. So, I mean, she's seen people at their best, at the worst, all, anything be in between and had that same inkling. So, with that said, is one thing we want to just tell the listeners with kids out there, and well, not just kids, like you know, anybody, anybody yeah. that's going through. Yes, you know, no, I get just it. Being, being an advocate for friends and family members, mm. and uh, you know, you know what's what the regular personality, the norm, or if something's off, if something's off, just to be an advocate and can continue to push for care or something else further. Like if you just don't feel right, they're they're not going to turn you away if you tell them and you push for stuff. And, you know, us being kind of, I, I guess, maybe naive or ignorant parents, uh, you know, just trusting the medical professionals, trusting them, saying, you know, there's nothing else we can do. Uh, why don't we go home, get some rest and, you know, um, come back in two or three days. And, and if we all, if we ultimately, Ashley, <laughs> if we ultimately um, listen to that advice, unfortunately, we're, we're having a funeral for Jolie. Yeah. And uh, we, we did the best we could at home. And earlier, later on that morning, it, things just continue to not be right. And thank God for Ashley and my mom that uh, rushed her back to the hospital where we just got discharged from three, four, five hours earlier. And 
you know, we, they, they saved her life. Ashley, my mom saved her life by taking her back. And obviously there was assistance with the medical professionals being able to do that as well as a higher power and love and family and friends that were all part of the uh, positive vibes and prayers. So that, that's one of the biggest things we want to kind of touch back upon um, that we didn't really emphasize or talk about because uh, it was more the story at the time, um, mm-hmm. our last uh, episode. So I don't know if Ashley wanted to add anything into that. Yeah, I mean, that is the biggest thing. Like, not just like parents, like right. I said, it's just like mm-hmm. anybody. It's like, if it's yourself, you know your body better than anybody. You know the signs that of what feels right, what doesn't. And just, again, yeah. It's, it's not a sign it's, of weakness. It, yeah, it's not a weakness. You know, we're all human. Medical professionals are humans. But like, honestly, you know, there's chances if there was a blood test done, they may have caught it way earlier she would have got she could have gotten an antibiotic way earlier Mm -hmm. you know but like dave said if we wouldn't have trusted our instinct and like just believed like what they said the first two times and didn't take her in the third time you know she probably wouldn't be here and so it's just yeah just trusting your instinct if something doesn't feel right and like sometimes you know they look at scientific they don't look at the personality traits as dave was mentioning they're looking at the science of it and you know they they just kind of have this routine and sometimes it's easy to get in a routine. So yeah, just being the advocate. And we learned that throughout the whole process, which we we'll probably touch base on is there were things that like, you know, a doctor would say something and be said on it and we didn't see eye to eye. And we, you have to be the advocate, especially mm-hmm. if you're caring for somebody who doesn't have a voice in that moment, you know, they don't have a voice right. for themselves. So sometimes they need that advocate to step up for them. And like, it doesn't mean that, you know, sometimes, you know, there were situations where we fought, not fought back, but we pushed back on a doctor's trying to get more information discussed and discussed. And sometimes we went along with what they felt was right. Once we got more like, information, why, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the purpose beyond this? And for the majority, they, they were great. They were very good. They're like, all right, yes, this is the scientific way. So this is what this means. This is the plan. Parents, uh, you know, not all of them were like that, but a lot of them were. I mean, they were very good about discussing uh, the care for our daughter. Right. And especially like, um, just like, yeah, being that advocate, like we made sure that when they were doing, like, obviously Jolie was very, very sick. So she was in the PICU high intensity um, you know, they did rounds every single morning, every mm-hmm. single afternoon. So like sitting in those rounds and not only just like trusting your instincts to get to where you need to go. And that can be carried over on many areas, not just medically speaking, but just trusting your instincts. Like there's reasons that you get those like inclinations and it's usually right. Yes. The first one, um, you know, so, so anyways, it's just like also being involved throughout the process. I, I mean, I know not everybody has the benefit and capabilities to do that. We were really blessed that our jobs cooperated with us and were flexible and understanding and knew that our daughter was top priority. Not everybody gets to work for an employer that sees it that way, unfortunately, in this day and age, but ours did. So we were really lucky that we could be a part of all those discussions and knowing exactly what the numbers meant, stopping the doctors when they got too far in depth to us not understanding and just knowing what was going on and not just trusting somebody to make those decisions. Because like Dave said, had we trusted the first two that we worked with, Jolie wouldn't be here. Hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's pretty much on that. And if I'm correct, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, with your situation with, uh, is it celiac? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. I mean, you have a similar situation that something wasn't right with you, if I'm correct. Right. Yeah. In fact, you know, I was not an advocate for myself. And uh, I was going to bring up the point that looking, thinking back of all the times where both my mom and, and my wife, okay, um, and you're looking back at the two main females in your life, Coach Dave, right now, 
they usually have that gut feeling, that gut reaction that um, more times, I mean, you want to assign an average to it or something, <laughs> hell, 85, 90% possibly, that's right. As far as that something, they have to follow up or ask a question or they see something, they feel something that us dads, us guys typically don't. And right. um, so absolutely, that, that tr trusting your gut reaction is something and being an advocate, especially not only for yourself, but for those people that can't be that advocate for themselves, mm -hmm. you know, someone well, who can't like, speak. I mean, it's, yeah, and it's just like, uh, I was going to say, and it can carry over, like, obviously it's a whole other topic and we definitely won't touch on that. But like, even what's going on in the world today, like sometimes whatever side you're on, I mean, it doesn't feel like there should be a side, but Correct. it's again, just being an advocate for people who can't speak for themselves. So like nice. it carries over in every aspect of life. It I sure does. Like. Yeah. It does like, not only mean, have, it doesn't mean only medical. Yes. Yeah. But our lesson learned was like, you know, like I think sometimes medically speaking, you just, I think we forget that medical professions are humans too. Um, you know, you just kind of put them on another pedestal, like, oh, the doctor said this, so go with it. And, um, and anyway, it's just, I, w I wish I would have put, like, I know we did everything we thought was right and that's why she's here. But sometimes I just like kick myself in the that butt. Went, like I went further than it needed That to. I wish I would have pushed harder. I, yeah. I mean, there's, Obviously, we can all. It's so, it's so easy to look in retrospect and and think about what you would have done differently once you know the outcome. But if I could recommend it to anybody, that would be like honestly my number one thing. That's huge. And a couple other points I jotted down here. Um, one is you're right. There are medical professionals out there, you know, that have that. You call it bedside manner. You call it people skills, connectivity, yeah. relationships, whatever. Um, I just wonder, and I think there is, but I, I, there's a couple of my daughter's friends um, who are in PA school. Um, I know some other people that are, are in the medical field. I should ask and just see, do they get training on, on the identifying of people skills, of personalities, of, of, of course, there's the emotions, but just talking to the patient's family, especially because to, to the family, that patient is the whole world. Mm -hmm. um, and to the medical professionals, hopefully they don't view it as just another, uh, you know, of my 10 patients that I got to deal with right now. And this is going on and that's, you know, hopefully they understand that. It sounds like some of those did. And, and then the other point, both of you uh, mentioned. Can I just interject yeah, yeah. real Go quick? Ahead. Sorry. I was just going to interject because that goes along with exactly what you're just saying. I think it's like sometimes it's like knowing your audience in life, right? Mm. And one of the instances yes. that happened to me is Jolie was having a roller coaster because this whole thing was a roller coaster. We went from ups to thinking she was, oh, she's going to get better. She's going to come home to like, oh my gosh, there's like obviously really worst case scenario, but it got real bad up and down, up and down. We had a lot of highs and a lot of lows mm -hmm. and they were, we were going through a low and I had to step outside for a little bit just to take a breath, a breath of fresh air and I think I went and got a coffee or something and I'm in the elevator, you know, and Jolie's having her low of low and I'm in an elevator with two doctors and two nurses. And at that particular, the day before, I don't know what it was. There was something weather where school was randomly closed one of the days. And these doc, these two doctors and nurses, like I'm a parent in the elevator with them. 
experiencing probably some of the worst moments of my life. And again, they're not paying attention to their surroundings Mm. and talking about how, oh my gosh, it was so horrible being at home with my kids yesterday. They were insane. Like I wish school wouldn't have been canceled. And again, it kind of goes to your point exactly like the bedside Mm. manner, like you're in an elevator and you have no idea what's going on with this person's child in a children's hospital complaining that your kids were home with you yesterday. Like it's again, it's exactly what you're saying. Like that bedside manner and just, knowing like the things that you say, like you don't know what the people are always going around you and not that you have to walk on eggshells all the time, but just having that consciousness of knowing like, Hey, somebody could be really going through something and we're complaining about something that is somebody else's like biggest wish at the moment. That's right. No, that's a great point. That, that, that is so true for all of us, you know, not just medical professional people, but that's just so true for all of us. Uh, The other point real quick, you both brought up the fact um, that both of your employers were, um, were very uh, understanding. And, and I wrote down like kindness, compassion, because you're right. Not only are some employers not that way, personally, they could be. In other words, they have it set up to where, yes, we can have extra time off for our employees. Yes, we have this protocol that we can help deal with them. But sometimes they do say something uh, wrong or hurtful. And maybe, you know, again, maybe it's the, the bosses that just don't have that uh, professional courtesy or that professional connection with their employees that they're so businesslike, you know, that they, no, you can't have that time. Well, you're gonna have to use your personal time off and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it sounds like, and coach Dave, I know you mentioned this to me in one of our, uh, one of our other podcasts, um, the support that you felt from your school district was incredible. So Ashley, you too also had some support at work. And, and obviously that was amazing to help you guys get through this. And you weren't even employed with them for a year. Yeah, I hadn't even been with them. I, I was, it was, I mean, I, I've had my one year anniversary actually this month. Um, so like just the fact of being a new employee and the, how it's about mm. dividends. Like when I interviewed with them, I had multiple offers and I, it wasn't even the best offer, but I accepted it because it just felt right. They felt family oriented. The, the people I interviewed with had been, you know, had stories about how they started from college, worked their way up. Like just it felt right it felt like family and this situation granted i wish it would you know sometimes <laughs> that this wasn't what would prove it but it right. did it just spoke dividends and it, it all my instincts again were right like Coach i chose Dave, you listen to this again the instincts were right <laughs> so that the, the average just went up my friend <laughs> <laughs> oh right. i could be here all day <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she is here all day. Yeah, that's awesome. So you felt that and they proved it. They backed up that feeling. That's fantastic. God, I wish more employers would would hear this. Hopefully some people do that are in a management or um, employer boss role to remember their employees. I know a lot of them do, but you do hear. Get to know them. Just get to know the people that you work with. Yes. Not just another number. Absolutely. speaks volumes and like the dividends behind it, like the payback behind it of being an employer that's understanding and does know priorities. It's mm. going to go so far from a longevity standpoint of retention and keeping those key employees that are your producers and your top key talent. If I just, I mean, I'm in HR, so I, we have to look at all those things and we're working with our leadership and management um, teams all the time on these topics. And I'm sure all, a lot mm. of companies are too. And, it really does. Like sometimes, you know, when you take a step back and you really look at the human side of things, your employees are going to be happier. They're going to work harder for you when you're understanding when they're going through times of incredible need. Yes. That, that's a powerful lesson that a lot of times gets lost in these stories uh, like this. So I'm glad, I'm glad you guys brought that up. And so Dave, same with you. I, I take it from what you said before too, at your school district. 
I mean, it was unbelievable. January 1st, the first day we were in there, I had, uh, I had called my, my head coach, who's also my math department head. And so, yeah, it's January 1st. So right before we go back to school too. Um, and not only does he ask, you know, what do you need? What do you need? Um, he literally came out to the hospital mm. and, and met with uh, both of us that day and was like, Hey, I, I, you know, just let me know. I got a son and a daughter. I can't even imagine what you guys are going through right now. You do not work. Don't worry about anything with school. Don't worry about anything with school. We got your back. Don't worry about basketball. That is the last thing on your mind. You take care of that baby girl and your family and like, you'll, you'll be fine. Like we got everything taken care of. Just keep us updated on what's going on. And he was there that, that first day we were there. And then we got transferred to uh, downtown the next day, January 2nd. I don't know if it was the second or third, but uh, my principal, my principal and his wife traveled all the way downtown Houston and gave us a care package. Wow. Which and I don't think a lot of people understand. Like, I mean, because even like my family back home, like when we got transferred to main campus, which is exactly where she needed to be, obviously. But like in Houston, it's so big and so spread out that it's not, it's like an hour. <laughs> it could be an hour. It could be two and a half hours, depending on traffic to get in weather. But yeah. I'm just saying, so like, even like our commute, like going back and forth, like through this whole process, I mean, we it, we were very lucky to have this in our backyard, the level of care in this kind of hospital, um, because not all ho like this this hospital is incredible. Like the PICU was incredible. Mm. The ICU, the, yeah, the yeah. PICU. That their team was incredible. I mean, we had some other experiences as we got in the acute the care acute and things care. like that. But at the end of the day, the PICU care, the PICU team saved her life, and they were incredible. Like to this day, the PICU nurses message me almost daily on Instagram and they're checking in on her and like they've literally become our extended family that it, it's it's incredible but it kind of takes me like just talking about this like kind of the next lesson that I wanted to cover that I'm you know that really like hearing him talk about his co-workers step up you know the amount the amount of people that stepped up is just like humbling I mean we've oh. cried so many times because you don't even realize like how loved you are and how like people will step up. You know, we always hear like the negatives in media about all the negative things going on in the world. And, you know, this has just been like the ultimate reminder that there love always wins and there's more good people than bad. And um, like we had strangers, like people we didn't know, like friends, family, neighbors, friends of friends, like, um, peers of our siblings like people we don't know like we've got I mean the amount of like mail of people sending in their church bulletin from around the world around the country of like prayer chains that had going on and, like we didn't even know people in these locations it was like it was beyond anything that I could have ever imagined just knowing that there's so many good people who when you're going through a really hard time will step up you know mm. I just feel like people always say like, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And like, I just don't believe that because God gave us more than we could handle in this situation. Like to go through this, I mean, again, I know it could be worse, but it was more than I, at least I know it was more than I could handle. I felt like I was like going to lose it at any second. And it, everyone kept telling me, you're so strong. You're so strong. And I felt the weakest I've ever felt in my entire life. Mm. And so I, I do believe that God gives you more than you can handle, but what he gives you is the people that you need to get through it. And in this case, it was neighbors, friends, family, stra strangers. strangers, 
complete strangers. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, they, I think I think it's totally true. He, it spreads out the weight with all the people that are in your life, and 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 obviously you you guys have done something right, um, not only for your kids and your family, but for these people to love you and to reach out and know how how good people you are, that you're worthy of of their help and their and their thoughts and prayers. That was actually one of one of the questions I had. Um, was there a story or two? It could be one from each of you of somebody stepping up that just made you just catch your breath and sit back and like, Oh my God, where did you come from? And just thank you so much. You don't understand how much this means. Like I you mean, said, strangers I, and stuff, but if you could maybe share a story each of, of somebody just coming out of the woodwork, so to speak. Yeah. I mean like every, every day. I mean, I mean from our moms dropping everything their whole lives to be well, here. We had five or six people. Yeah. My family members, sisters and my mm. cousins and um my brother like i mean dropping everything at different increments to come down and help Ugh. with like and be here while we had to be in the hospital you know and especially when things were at the beginning you know we had to be at the hospital neither of us wanted to to leave her but i feel like what you're asking like to pinpoint an example i'm sure dave will probably give you one but for me it's like it literally every our, time our i took close friends here every time i Jeff. took every time i took a breath i feel like it was happening, but like wow. examples, like our, some of our best friends here, you know, I, our best friends, Ashley and Matt, they have, we have, Jeff and, and Jeff and Bea, we have kids all the same ages, pretty Three much. Three-year-olds and one-year-olds. Yeah. Um, so pretty much I'll have kids the same age. And like, I mean, it went from, you know, nights where they took Blake so we could both be in the hospital and then one of us going home and stopping at their house at 2 a.m. because we wanted him to be with us and they were willing to keep do whatever we needed to keep him overnight it wasn't what do you need hey we're taking Blake this afternoon right keeping him over this night just yeah. like stepping up whenever we needed them to because they knew we didn't have family here locally so like that was like a key thing is them always stepping up, just like taking Blake, getting him distracted, giving him what he needed that we couldn't give him during that time. And like our friends, Jeff and Bea, like picking him up, taking him to the zoo, just keeping him distracted. So that way he didn't feel like neglected either. And um, so that, that was like huge for me, but it's like every day we were getting, I mean, hundreds of text messages, hundreds of messages on social media, people dropping off meals, people like my cousin Heather and my sister Erin, like starting a GoFundMe page so that like we didn't have to worry about the impact of that. We could just focus on Jolie and like yeah. that like blew up to like, I honestly like just even thinking about it, I don't think I'll ever get over that because to not have that worry in those moments, like of course it was the last Gas, yeah, food, groceries, I mean. <sighs> you name it in medical bills. I mean, everything that you can think of that just added up and continued to add up. And like, of course we were like, whatever we have to do, it doesn't like, matter. We, like, we but to not have to worry about that. People, the assistance. Like I had a lady at book club that came in. She like, uh, her name's Sally. And, uh, you know, my book club is just incredible. Like, and I, I'm just going to pinpoint one example and there's so many so it like feels like I should spend all day calling out everybody because just so many incredible people but like she coordinated like they made this like beautiful like cake that they made out of boxes and every box there was a gift card or something and it was like she made a homemade blanket that had this beautiful phrase about to Jolie like a message to Jolie that we kept on her the entire time and I mean, you can give those, but I mean, I, I'm going to keep it pretty broad from me because there was just so many people that just, I mean, 
I just, I, yeah. Our neighbor, Cindy, like who literally Cindy. like, she's been a godsend for us. She's been like a gr- second, third grandma to our children in Texas since we don't have mm. family locally. And she like walked our dog two or three times. Cleaned our house, did our dishes, <laughs> did our laundry. I mean, I'm, it's, it's, uh, it's made endless. meals for us. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, you you go down this pathway of trying to call out certain stories, and you're like, "Oh crap, I don't want to forget so and so," and then no, you're and you end no, up forgetting somebody. So, just folks, if you're listening to this, not only know that whatever you did for this this lovely family is appreciated and it made a mark on them, but also other people listening to this, do that for someone else because it is so needed. When you hear of things uh, of people going through crisis, just the littlest thing means so much. There's so much value to that. And I just, I just love the fact that there was, oh, it was overwhelming for you, and that's fantastic. Well, speaking of, and, uh, speaking of the littlest things, like I, I'll just say this too, because you saying that kind of sparked it. It is, and that's something that we'll do moving forward for the rest of our lives too. Is when we hear of these stories, you know, doing even if it's a little bit like our godson, he is what? How old is like maybe ten? Sure. Uh, around there, I'm a horrible godmom with ages <laughs> right now because I can't think of it on the spot. But he literally donated like. I think it was $5 of his own money to the uh. GoFundMe page. And like the fact is like, like our little godson is like thinking about putting, it's, it's just incredible. Like Absolutely. And uh, so along the way, we, we're, we saw these hoodies that these nurses would wear in the, uh, the PICU, which is the pediatric intensive care unit. Yes. And I never, I never knew what the PICU was at first. And then they're like, oh, it's just the ICU for children. I go, oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew the I knew the NICU. I just never heard of the PICU. So, uh, but they had these really cool hoodies or sweatshirts. Those are like, how oh, how can we get one of those? Well, they're like, uh, well, we order them once in a while. It's like a you know, we just go through it. So we're like, well, why don't we just make one? So we got it approved by the hospital. And we ended up making like shirts and hoodies and stuff. And uh, we were trying to figure out what we were gonna put on it. And um, for some reason, I was reading a letter that was written on March eleventh, two thousand three, from my late father. Mm. Um, it was uh, for senior retreat and uh this is the quote that we actually put on the back of it but it was like so fitting for our situation and situations moving forward um he just basically said um keep god in your life always love your mother love your mother father and today's his birthday actually oh my god oh my god june 16th yeah wow (laughs) and then uh in two more weeks is his death day Okay. June 30th. So June's a June's a rock in a month for Fred. Yeah. Um, all right. Keep God in your life always. Love your mother, father, brothers, sisters, family. Remember to share your load when it gets too heavy, mm. and help others with theirs. Mm. And we're like, wow, like that that dude was thinking. Seventeen years later, we would uh, we could take that to heart. So I mean. That, it's, it's one of those things you're, you're just like you never want to ask for help but you have to yeah. you have to as, as Ashley was saying it, it, God gave us too much to handle Yeah, and it's okay it's okay yep. to say hey we can't do this alone and then likewise like she said on the flip side we need to give back we need to give back after this because there's other people that are going through different or similar situations um, that need help too And speaking of giving back, like that was one of the other lessons, like through all of this, you know, um, and again, it kind of goes along with people stepping up to the plate. Like this was probably the most humbling thing is there was several friends and family and strangers that messaged me in various ways 
but one of the things is so when we're going through all of this um January is an expensive month in general for Dave because <laughs> Blake was born in J January 3rd, mine's the 7th, and Jolie's is the 25th in January. So we all spent <laughs> our birthdays in the hospital this year while Jolie <sighs> was in this. And um, and one of the things that, like, okay, so she had, I forget how many, but in some of her treatments, I mean, she had to have plasma exchanges, and I think they usually do how many? Plasma, they don't do much. They, like usually, they usually like do uh, seven you know, a few so. of them, not, not, not many. And but. she had nearly 20. Um, <sighs> and then the other thing is the she amount of... She was on dialysis for 30 straight days, 30 plus straight days. Oh. And those are usually, those machines are meant for adults. Yeah, like, they don't have they, they don't have Which I was telling uh, my buddy Samir, one of, the, one of the doctors, I think he was a, uh, what was he, fellow or... Um, attendee whatever whatever he was he was in the i think he was a fellow uh but uh samir and i were talking man that's how we can make it big we can we can build a uh a dialysis machine for kids because no. it was literally it's not recommended for kids under 20 kilograms and i think she's at 10 kilograms oh but she, they have no um, choice in her situation. but it was continuous dialysis for Ugh. over a month and those are normally four hours at a time for right. adults yeah she Two was three times continuous and we had it was lots her kidney of, it was her kidney for over a month and we had wow. lots of like um up and downs with that so there was a lot of like the machine would get clogged up and oh, then yeah. she would have blood like pressure. huge drops in her blood pressure where like a bunch of doctors would run in like yep. we it was a roller coaster but it was circuit she, changes because yeah we had to like during circuit changes it was really when they every had to change, three to four days they had to clear it out because otherwise it would clot and not work but there was like obviously every time they changed it out there was a lot of risk factors mm -hmm. so they'd have like all the doctors in there and so that was for over about a, probably a little over a month month and a half of that yeah. but going to the lessons of all of this is like like people giving in ways that they don't even realize that they gave to our daughter to make her survive but like donating blood plasma. and plasma saved Jolie's life if it hadn't been for selfless human beings giving blood and plasma Jolie wouldn't be here because of course when they're in these emergency situations people can't just get any blood like they need to go from the emergency bank so if it wasn't emergency. so we couldn't like ask friends and family to give it to her she they needed to pull it from the emergency bank and so had it not been for probably thousands hundreds at least hundreds of individuals Jolie also wouldn't be here so why I brought up the birthday thing the is I had put request out like please instead of taking the time to wish us happy birthday or that like do us a favor and go at some point donate blood donate plasma be an advocate because it changes people's lives like you don't even realize how many people you probably save every time you go and donate and so again my lesson here is a way to give back if you're thinking hey what can I do like if you're capable donate blood and plasma it's easy to do it takes a little time and um it saves so many people's lives and like if it wasn't for those people so like i will be an advocate for that forever so again giving back thinking of ways i'll be an advocate for that and talking about scenarios like i had people talk about how they set up blood banks after they found out about jolie at their work uh, my friends like taking time and like going and actually following through on the request and going and donating in her name um so that other people could be saved as well and so that's a big lesson for me too is i did it in college and then i kind of stopped but now that's something that i'll do for the rest of my life because it saved jolie she oh. had way more than what most people do and i don't even know how many transfusions she ultimately had to have i mean the medical records are like 
longer than two Bibles put together for Jolie. I'm not kidding. We actually looked up how many pages are in the average Bible and her medical records were two over two times that. Oh my God. Um, so the amount of blood transfusions and everything and medicine. 4,000 pages. But um, it's just that that's a lesson to me, like give back, like, you know, giving blood, donating plasma if you can, because it really saves, saves people's lives. Holy crap. Absolutely amazing. Um, if we're going to, I got a couple more things I want to run by you and yes, sir. You, you don't have to go down this rabbit trail if you don't want to, but um, <laughs> you brought up your son, Blake. How has he been through all of this? How, what, what is, what is, is there something that surprised you? Is there something that put a smile on your face? Is there a little something that he has, you know, been through or asked or said throughout all this stuff going up and down with his little sister? Um, That's just ironic that you said that because one of the things that Dave had mentioned that, sorry. Uh, one well, of our, 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 physical, <laughs> our physical therapist is uh, just leaving. She was working with Jolie to work on her walking and crawling and stuff. She's starting to walk with hands. Not walk. Oh, uh, no, she's moving Move. around. She's, she's, she's getting around. Oh, wow. She's moving around. So, and we're going to see the uh, plastic surgeon and orthopedic this week. So hopefully we'll get some uh, more updates. Fantastic. But um, to go back to the question, like, obviously, like, Blake is three. He didn't understand. He's, we live here away from all of our families. So he's very used to getting a lot of mom and dad time. So like we had a roller coaster, like obviously of a ride, but it's ironic that you bring that up because you wanted to, he had mentioned wanting to share this like story. Uh, we didn't no. need to share it. Yeah. Just a funny story. It's just like, just in the eyes of a child. So I'll let you tell it because it is Love pretty, that. it was pretty special. It had us both crying. Cause it's just, I don't even know. Where it was a really weak spot in Jolie again, where we just didn't know if she was going to make it. And, um, you can take over. Oh, no. So uh, we're very communicative with our son. We like to try to be as uh, verbal with him as possible and uh, read a lot of books and try to explain things as well as we can that a three-year-old or younger can um, comprehend. And he's at that why age or what age and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, uh, like I said, my, my dad passed away in 2016. And he knows his grandpa Fred only by pictures and stories. Um, he can point them out in a picture. He can recognize them. Um, he likes to pray to him all the time. We have a heaven phone upstairs that he likes to call him on the heaven phone and talk to him up in, a, nice. up in heaven, oh boy. which actually we were talking to him two nights ago. Um, but uh, we were at a crawfish boil sometime and one of them, well, most of them don't make it because you boil them. So he's obsessed with these crawfish. It's, it's, he's obsessed with animals, bugs, dinosaurs, all the above. He's all a boy. But uh, so what do we say when things die? We just say, oh, well, you know, I went off to heaven. Uh, it's it's up, up in heaven with, uh, you know, Grandpa Fred. Um, just to keep, keep it as simple as possible, you know. We can right. explain a little bit more further uh, in the future. Yeah, when you get told it. So um, I'm having a conversation with him. I'm like, because we're talking about Jolie and her being very sick. And um, we're just asking him, you know, um, what, uh, you know, what's going on with Jolie and asked him, you know, how's, uh, how do you think Jolie's going to be? Are we going to be able to bring her home someday? He goes, yeah. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, Grandpa Fred's going to bring her home. And I'm thinking, like, you're talking, she's going to take, he's going to take her up up to heaven so i'm like oh god like and i go what do you mean home like she's gonna go to heaven he's like no no she's gonna come home and i'm like what do you what do you what do you mean grandpa fred and the crawfish they're gonna raise her up 
and they're going to make her healthy and they're going to bring my baby home. Uh, wow. And I actually got it on recording. He literally oh. says it on a video, which is just insane. So the crawfish and uh, Grandpa Fred, uh, he said, we're going to get heal her up, raise her up and get her healthy. And uh, it, my mom was uh, here, as uh, we told you all, um, during the New Year's Eve. And she was here for about a week or so after. And then she came back. But <laughs> she said there's a few conversations that she had in the chapel or at night or in the shower that she had with her late husband. Like, you better not, you better not take my grandbaby. Like, hey, this is not the time. You do not need to take Jolie. Jolie is not going home to you. She, you're going to, you're going to do whatever you have to do to piece the cards around. But this girl is not joining you yet. She, 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 you got to fight like hell and do something you have to do. Uh, do a favor up there to uh, make sure she uh she gets through this and she's like oh yeah i had i had a few conversations with your dad um in the chapel and at night and in the showers just <laughs> telling him don't take her so wow. somehow some way people upstairs along with the people in the world um had different plans for her there's just yeah. like this huge village behind her that she'll we will try our best to describe but we probably never will be able to to like just know how like impactful she's been and we appreciate you from letting us come on and tell our story too because I have like some family friends that are also kind of like mom figures in my life and that have yes. always been there for me and, and one of them mentioned to me yesterday like this podcast came out at like the perfect time you mm -hmm. know because my husband is is p potentially losing his job and, um, you know, we're thinking, oh, here we go again, because several years back, they kind of went through some hard times as well. And she was like, your podcast gave us the inspiration. So thank you for sharing it again. Like that. Wow. Again, like, you change again, lives. You, you're change, you are. You're changing lives by letting people like just have this inspiration that like, look, in the moments when we think it's bad, like, you know, it always could be worse. And there's just it's things like that, you know, that um you just look at life differently and she's changed a lot of people's lives and she'll probably never even have the nearest we'll try our darnest to, to teach her and tell her how many people had her back but the amount of people that have come forward to us about things already and you know we're only three months out of the hospital and still like obviously she's going through her healing process and has some hurdles to come across but to make this big of an impact you know in the same year like I can't even imagine the things that she's gonna do and it's it's going to be incredible to watch because her story will change lives. I mean, you can well, tell about the dot, the nurse that talked so, to you. So this was way down the line. This was in March when, when we were at our third uh, different hospital. This is actually where everything started. This is where everything started, the Woodlands. Um, we tried to get out of downtown as quickly as we could because of the coronavirus. And yeah. we didn't want to deal with that. So we got closer to home uh, in the Conroe Woodlands area by our house, which is still a 30-minute drive, 20-25-minute 20, drive much better than a 45 minute to an hour drive downtown sure um, but uh one of the nurses was changing the pick line or trying to declaw it because it had gotten clotted up with god knows what i mean it's just usage over a few months and he was looking at the chart uh one day and basically uh one of the another nurse was like why do you have her chart up and he's like uh She's upstairs. We got to declaw the line. He goes, she made it. And he, he ended up coming up to the room and saying, because I told him, I go, 
tell him to come up. Like he was there that morning at five in the morning, six in the morning when she came back and they were like, he was the head nurse. I think one of the head nurses that saved her life when we took her back that third time. And he goes, we were just talking in the room and he was just saying, he goes, these are the kids that we were just like, why are we even trying to revive this kid? Why are we trying to, you know, do put these things into her and torture her because like they're, she's not going to, she's, they're not going to make it. Like she wasn't going to make it. And he goes, but if for some odd reason she does, what a horrible uh, quality quality of life. life. She she was going to have. And then like he saw her, he goes, these are the reasons why we do what we do, though. And he said it changed him. It changed he how, go, he, how he looks. He goes, we, we thought we lost her. We thought she didn't make it. That was back. He goes, we, there's not been a day we haven't talked about her down in the uh, emergency room number one, which is the tra- most traumatic room in that emergency center. And he goes, none of us thought she made it. And then the head doctor, too, Dr. England, um, found out about that, too. And I ended up FaceTime with her. She was one of the ones that had to have the talk with us. She, she was the one that had to talk with us and told us basically she wasn't going to make it. It was nobody's fault. And she, she couldn't even talk over FaceTime. She was like in tears because she has a one-year-old uh, that like she can't even imagine seeing their kid like that. And they're like, these are the reasons why we do what we do. And, you know, we a lot of times they don't know because the kid leaves and, you know, you don't hear about them for I'll sometimes never. Right. There's no follow-up report that they get. So they they just said, thank you. Thank you for letting me come in here. And they came back the next day and said hi again. The visitors of doctors and nurses. But then it it was like, it gave like a lot of them. It told us like, it gave us like inspiration because it's a reminder of why Why we do it, why we never lose hope and why people in general in life don't lose hope. Like when things seem hopeless, there's always a little bit of hope. Of course, there's horrible things that happen and, you know, things that we all have to overcome, but, um, you know, miracles happen that every, there's always a chance. Like if there's a heartbeat and she's, even if there's not, there's still, there's always a chance, you know? Um, I had one of my best friends growing up, his mom, like right before Jolie and not even a month before, like here, I'm like sending all my well wishes to like their family because she had dropped. She was perfectly healthy. I mean, I know we hear these stories all the time, but she went into cardiac arrest and stopped, stopped breathing. And again, the chances of her making it were very, very slim. And she's a miracle. And, you know, CPR saved her life. So again, not just giving blood, donating plasma, but it's all these things, like, First right? Aid, like, CPR, again, she should have never made it by science terms and standards, but she did. And like, there's so many stories like ours and with other people that just when you feel hopeless, just remember that there's miracles and there's living proof Other people everywhere you to. look around. And again, like to just keep telling those stories so that, you know, medical professionals don't give up too early. Like our, plas- our plastic yes. surgeon has been one of the most essential people in Jolie's entire process. Uh, you know, I know we didn't get all into the specifics because we'd be here for literally probably six months if we had to do <laughs> everything. But, um, you know, other doctors, like, it was a tough decision because there were risks with an amputation. There were risks with keeping her leg. You know, no one knew the answers because there were so many unknowns. She was still clotting and bleed, like, had to be on blood thinners. There were well, so many risks you, either way. You were getting your surgery on January 13th. So 
she had to get her gallbladder removed. Um, she found out on her birthday, January 7th. Oh boy. And then, so she, she had to go. And on January 13th, uh, things were not looking good for Jolie. Her clotting numbers started coming back, her white blood cell. There was an infection that they could not figure out. Oh, uh, they had no idea what was the problem. And one of the top doctors in that hospital that specializes in thrombosis, I believe that's the correct terminology, and DIC with all the clotting, of blood clotting and all that stuff, basically sat down and talked to me with, while my wife is having surgery, is saying, uh, and this guy was the nicest guy ever, but he basically said, we don't know what's happening to your daughter. We have no idea why she's clotting again we have a feeling there's an underlying problem and we may never figure that out. And again, we're doing the best we can. And, you know, we, we just don't know what's happening to her. We're trying to figure that out and we're just doing the best we can. And I go, it, it, I, I guess we can say his name. Uh, I, I go, Amir, I go, she was not, she was not supposed to survive on the first. She wasn't supposed to survive on the second. She's been fighting her ass off for two weeks I go, Emir, you are smart. You've went to school for this. You've dealt with other issues like this. I go, she is not going to give up on you. She is not going to give up on you. We, as parents and family members, will not give up on her. We'll not give up on you. You are going to figure this out with your team of doctors, medical professionals. We're going to figure out the root problem, and we're going to move forward, and we're going to talk about this in the future, about how this conversation, we'll laugh about it and move forward and it's going gonna, it's gonna to get figured out. Do not give up on her. We're not giving up on her and take care of business. Love and, that. and then two days later, just to lighten the mood, <laughs> at, at rounds, he was still the attending doctor. At rounds, I dressed up as a doctor. I think I sent you the pictures. I had a uh, lab white coat on. Oh, God, I had yeah. my, my spectacles. I had my tethoscope. I had a ID badge that said, uh, DR because those are my initials, but it's also a yeah. doctor. <laughs> so right. I come walking out and I go, Jolie is our 11 month old female with no past medical history. She was admitted for acute respiratory failure, septic shock, multi-organ dysfunction, DIC secondary to meningic meningococcemia meningitis, she continues to have DIC requiring TPE. Last night was mostly uneventful. Um, and uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. Anybody else want to add anything? Uh. And I'm, if I tell you not one of them, every one of these serious medical professionals all just burst out laughing. <laughs> a little comic relief just to, because this was not a good time. That week was not good. Yeah. And that's what led us back to uh, her leg, which Ashley was talking about. She had to have surgery on it on January 22nd to debride it. We didn't know if it was going to be amputated. We didn't know if she was going to come back out breathing. We just breathing. I'm just yeah. like, we didn't know mm. anesthesia, what like, what was going to happen. And I just wanted to say like, you know, like, again, it's just like her story will like live on because, um, you know, our plastic surgeon didn't give up hope. He went out to a bunch of experts, his you know, other professionals that do the same thing that are surgeons, and most of them were telling them, do just amputate just it. Off. There's less unknowns, like safer, and, cleaner, but there's still risk, obviously. And it was like a real struggle because we had to have an input, obviously, in what direction. And you know, they basically had told him, like, most, most doctors 
would only do like a few debriefments and then just move on two and to do three the, maybe do the amputation and what how many did he do with her maybe he's double digits yeah double digits i don't know 13. even though i lost track of how many he did because he never lost hope like he just he I, I there's many times i was like what would you do if it was your son what would you do like honestly like this is how you have to think of her she's she's a, somebody's child like you have to think about it that way and i know like obviously they're medical and he's professionals, got two kids but mm. he has been our saving grace the biggest advocate for Such her an advocate. and he's like literally never given up on her when people told her him to you know okay it's time to move on he just kept going and like yes which is just ironic timing for this because yesterday she pulled herself up and stood for the very first time on her own since <laughs> all of this happened and it's just like i don't it's just it's amazing and we get to go see him this week it's it's just amazing like you know when everybody else was saying no don't like there's a reason that these certain doctors came in at certain times mm. it was all about timing and the big lesson learned here is like i think like honestly even in the medical field in this area people were talking about her when i had my surgery they didn't even um when i had my surgery i didn't even tell them my situation but before i went in they were like do you want to see the chaplain and i was like yeah i'd like to pray for my daughter before i go into surgery and so the chaplain came in and like they've connected the dots this is a completely different hospital completely different system. area of houston different medical system and they were like, oh, my gosh, everybody's been talking about her because it's such a rarity and she's, she is. So anyway, big lessons learned here just like with all of this is just like just, again, there's always hope. Yeah, love that. I, the, the, there's so many angles on this that obviously, you know, there can be more parts that we talk about. But I love the, the angle of hope. Um, I love the angle of, and, and this is why I'm kind of getting into doing what I'm doing here uh, <laughs> with, with the podcast, but also, you know, years ago with my teaching and coaching, it, things have changed uh, because of other people, the, the other people in my life that invested in me, helped me along the way from old neighbors and family friends and my parents, obviously, and old girlfriends and classmates and friends. There's been so many people that have invested in me and, and instilled confidence in me and uh, bits and pieces here and there that that's why I'm trying to do what I'm doing and it sounds like same foundation for you guys you know you, you guys are changing your lives based upon what you've been through and it's focused on other people and I just I love the the whole focus of hope and uh, especially in medicine people do need to take that extra deep breath and, and look at it from that hopeful set of eyes yet yeah, you always trust science you trust science data Yes. You know, here's here's the test results. Here's what it's saying, uh, but there's also the other angles to look at. And I'm so glad that you brought up the fact of, of these medical professionals, uh, the nurses and doctors there. And I'm sure there's plenty of others uh, that that said things, did things, lifted you up when you needed it. Um, and I just love I love that story uh, of uh, the lab, you and that lab coat, brother. I mean. <laughs> you had to be laughing or slightly well, embarrassed. This is, such there, a, this is such a serious doctor too. And he's, <laughs> he's got this belly giggle chuckle that all the, and this is the cool thing is the nurses were instigated this. They're like, you should totally dress up as a doctor and introduce uh, rounds. The next day. Yes. So one of the, one of the nurses got the lab coat from like renal from the kidney team. Then another one was like, Oh, here's a, here's a tethoscope just use this yep. one then another one's like hey i found this uh, name tag you can write all over it and like then another one 
came in and was like, here, this is exactly what you need to say when you walk in. <laughs> when they say to come get you, just go in the bathroom, put the lab coat on everything, and then walk out all serious and then be serious while you talk. And, and yeah. I think that this is like another thing that's obviously if you get to know Dave long enough, and I think you probably do, but maybe the listeners and probably the family and friends that are listening, he's always the comic relief. Yeah. He's just that guy. You know, when you are, the moments the are mood. heavy, he always finds a way to lighten the mood, even in the darkest of hours. Um, and I think like, honestly, I think that's why, I mean, these nurses and medical professionals, all the different teams have obviously made a tremendous impact on our life and we'll never be able to thank them enough. Never. But I feel like also the reason that we've stayed connected with them is because when you do have that comic relief and you... Treat we had the Alexa, the Alexa Echo in there where we <laughs> we were jamming out to music. Some people called it Club, uh, what, what Club Joey or something, yeah. Club JoJo. <laughs> and then uh, we we had our Fire Stick for for movies and other things. I mean, you, you got to make it as close to home as possible. Yeah. And I also think that like it's just like we. I also think on the other side of it, like we also sometimes as people probably forget that they're humans too and that yes. you know like they, they don't have all the answers sometimes and you know they're doing their best that they can but you know the, some of the nurses were like oh my gosh if every family could just be like you guys were it's so easy to work with they're like you we're know like you must not know us very well <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like too like if you treat them like humans too i mean they became our family but it's like they're doing everything that you they can. Like they're the reason Jolie is here ultimately. Like I'm, and I'm, I'm trying so hard to not use that word today. But well, um, that, that's your first time, wasn't it? Yeah, that's your first or second. <laughs> on the, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> but but just you know, being appreciative of the people that are trying their very best to do everything that they can for you, and having that gratefulness and staying positive, even when there's really dark moments, knowing that think about the light at the end of the tunnel and do whatever you can to work as a team to get there. And again, that just carries over in every aspect of life. When we touch base on the positivity, I feel like the positive vibes is a huge impact on why we have the outcome we have today. Obviously God's grace and miracles and all that other stuff too, but I feel like that's a big part of it. So just carrying that in everyday life. I love that. Boy, oh boy, you guys just lifted my spirit so much by sharing these stories and, uh, you know, I didn't get Kleenex ahead of time. I had a napkin here next to me, thank God, because uh, it's, it's worn out and it's a little wet right now from the tears and the sniffling. But uh, that's just a fantastic way to, to wrap this part two up. Uh, and, and hopefully we can join you guys again for another part and uh, keep taking us forward in, in your journey. And, uh, you know, obviously some of the questions I, I wanted to throw out at you, I still got. So we'll, we'll get back well, to hey, those. That's an, that's an excuse uh, to... To discuss next time. There you absolutely, go. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I love as long you guys. As you're not too sick of Ashley and myself or the not listeners. at all. This is fantastic. <laughs> I love seeing you two together. This is uh, this is really cool. Uh, anything to wrap it up, you guys? To, to wrap up part two. Ultimately, what would you like to finish with? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. No, um, just thankful to let us share our story and. I think, you know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned when things like this happen. But the biggest thing for me is just putting out a thank you to the people who are listening that did step up or that have stepped up for other people that might not know us, but I've helped other people in scenarios like ours, like a thank you. I mean, I honestly, I will never be able to voice the difference that it made in our lives, the stress that it took out and like the overwhelming feeling of love that we had in Mm. the hardest moments of our life. 
I mean, it makes a difference. The messages that people send, like sometimes uh, they felt uh, like, oh, we're be, we don't want to send you messages because we don't want to bug you too much. But I, I don't those, like that. I don't like that. Send a message. Those yeah. were, send a message. Those were the don't lifting, think you're bothering. Those were the lifting points when we had the downtime. Like obviously, if we we're in the middle of something, we weren't looking at them. But when we needed them, they were there, and mm. we could never be thankful enough. So. You know, if you're ever hesitating about sending a message to somebody going through yes. a hard time, just send Don't the message. Hesitate. Don't it, hesitate. It makes the difference and it changes people's worlds. I love that. Then, yeah. Um, same thing. Just want to thank everybody. I mean, there's too many thank yous to go around, but I mean, they'll continue. And there's two uh, two pastors that weren't even part of this church, and they they made more than one visit to mm. just come in and check on us, to pray with us. Mm. Uh, they obviously asked before. It was Friends friends Parish, one of our Friends Parish. And then my uncle. Not even the same religion. No, yeah, not even technically the same religion. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But it, no, exactly. It, it didn't yeah. matter. No, it, it doesn't matter. Higher powers, that. it doesn't matter. We're all alike. We're all praying to a, mm. a higher power up there. And then also my, my uncle, who's a priest out in uh, New York. Yes. Uh, I can't tell you how many times we had phone calls. Um, and, and he just came and prayed over the phone for us. Mm. Big, big shout out to your uncle. That's, that's a great Father family Tom. connection. Father uncle. Tom. Okay. Hey, Father Tom, big, big family connection you got in there. That's, I love that. My dad's older brother, actually. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Great connections. All right, you guys, I've kept you long enough. Uh, just hang on to a couple extra seconds after I wrap this no, up No, absolutely. Here. You okay. finish up and we'll, we'll just listen. Good deal. All right. Thank you guys. I know this went a little OT. But uh, Coach Dave and I, we've been involved in OT games before, and they always, not always, but this one ended up being a victory uh, in overtime. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, you guys really appreciate it, and we'll have you back on soon again, too. All right, folks. Hey, I hope you uh, are finding so much just tremendous value in this, like I am. And, uh, like, the feedback's starting to come in from our first show just a few days ago. Um, the downloads are going up. They're getting a lot of feedback, so please continue feedback. But I love the message of today about hope, but also – you know, there's, there's people reaching out all around us that need some help, and uh, we can do that. It doesn't have to be for, for these guys, right? It can be for anybody that you are in touch with, which hopefully is a lot of people. And then guess what? It's going to come back when you need some help, too. So make a difference out there with people. That's a great message from today. All right, folks. Hey, find me over on Facebook at Coach2ExpectSuccess, over on Twitter at Coach2Success, over at uh, Instagram at Coach John Daly. And of course, coach2expectsuccess.com website. On the homepage, you can reach out, send me a message there, and uh, check out that book list there. Folks, keep taking care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk again soon. See you.